Let's pray. Almighty God, on this day, we remember when your son entered the holy city of uh, Jerusalem in triumph and was proclaimed as king of kings by those who spread their garments and branches of palm along his way. Grant that we also may hail him as our king and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Well, I find that of all the services that uh, Christians do throughout the year, certainly in the Anglican world, that Palm Sunday is one of the most powerful. Now, it's powerful for a host of uh, reasons, but for me, the most powerful part is not the most joyful part. Honestly, it's the most painful part. It's the most cutting part. And that is when we do in Act 3 of our service the uh, narrative of Christ's last days, we cry out for Christ to be crucified. We cry out that we choose Barabbas to live and Christ to, to die. Now, the reason why this cuts me so deeply is that Barabbas was a rebel. He was an insurgent, to sort of use our common language. He was an insurgent terrorist. He was fighting for Jewish independence by murdering Roman soldiers and officials and their collaborators. Why? Because you see, the Jewish people would rather, at, at, at this time, would rather have political independence than following their true king, God and Father. They wanted to be free from the shackles of these Roman oppressors. So when Jesus Christ came in riding on a donkey, the long prophesied promise that the great king of God's people was going to ride in on a humble animal. The people re re rejoiced. They welcomed their king. They thought this is the one who would bring rebellion. This Jesus is going to come and free us from our Roman occupiers. He's going to lead us as we rise up and push these foreigners out. So when he did it, they turned on him. And that's why there's this great shift from the beginning of our service where we're praising, here comes Jesus, Hosanna, God saves, our King is here. To quickly crying out with equal vigor, crucify him, crucify him. Well, there's so many things that are so powerful about that, but I want to focus on two. The first one is that, I, is that our desire to choose the Savior that promises to carry out what we define as salvation is played out here. As I just said, the Jewish people wanted political independence. We'll make our own destiny. We'll decide what our happiness looks like. In fact, we envy those that have what we don't. So we will welcome the Savior into our lives that will give us what we want. How little has changed 
2,000 years ago, we still worship the one and welcome the one who promises the salvation we choose for ourselves. We pledge ourselves to him or, or to her, and we promise that we will follow them as long as they give us what we want. If it's money, we welcome the one who promises to make us rich. If it's relationships, we see a potential spouse as our savior. Now, we may begin with Christ and may say, Lord, we welcome you in. But when he insists on his own way, and he says, I will not follow you, you must follow me. We crucify him. We cry out for his destruction. Because he threatens to rob us of that very thing which we believe will make us happy when in fact he comes to bring true happiness and freedom and life. And this past Lent, we have taken a deep look at the reality of our sinfulness. The reality that we are constantly trying to push Christ out of our lives to welcome in um, a savior that will feed our envy. And that heart of selfish sin culminates in this story. That's our true selves. As painful as it is, we are the ones saying, no, crucify Christ. We choose Barabbas, the murderer. That's bad news. But I have good news for us sinners. You see, we will hear in just a few minutes the story of Barabbas and Jesus. And to understand what's happening here, there's so much happening here, but to understand the good news of what's happening here, we need to understand a couple things. Number one, Jesus' favorite title for himself was the Son of Man. This is, is there to highlight and, and show us that he is truly human. The mystery of how he's fully God and fully human. He is fully human, yes, without sin, but still one of us. And in Hebrew, that's Bar Adam. Bar being son of, Adam being man. Bar Adam. And so likewise, Bar Abbas. Barabbas is the son of the father the son of God. And in this one scene, we have the true son of God who identifies himself as the son of man. So that the true son of sinful man, Barabbas, has been renamed the son of God. And as we will have acted out through voice in just a few minutes, we will see this beautiful and inexplicable, generous love of our God. He says, I will take the place of this sinner. And I will make this sinner my brother, my father's true son. On the cross, I will win him a status that he not only could never attain, but for all of his sin could never deserve. And we see that Barabbas was as loved and as wanted and as desired by the father as even his perfect son, Jesus. And of course, we're not just in the crowd, are we? 
We are Barabbas. Barabbas is me. Barabbas is, is you. The one who by name is only God's son. By the work of Jesus Christ to pull us into God's family. On the cross, he made us clean. Through his suffering and turmoil, he bore the pain of our sins. So we could truly be God's son. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that love? Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus Christ would come and save us who cry out, crucify him and make us God's true sons. And that is good news for us sinners on this Palm Sunday. Amen.